when you get closer to the toilet, it gets more urgent, right? You notice that? Oh, you don't have that. No, 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 no. I've pissed myself, definitely. Not pee. Not no, pee. It's, it's mostly it's, it's, stool. It's the, same, it's the same function. I mean, similar, I've similar. myself, too. It's, okay, <laughs> thank you for that. Hi, I'm Dr. Drew, and this is Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. After Dark. 818-253-1693 is that, that place for voice messages, which uh, just can't get enough of you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, the emails, which are continue to be quite good. I promise I'd follow up with the rest of these, and they are at uh, drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. And merch, everybody. Uh, what's that? You don't have it up there, Nadav. Store.ymhstudios.com. New merch, everybody. Mugs and T-shirts. That's what, oh, yeah, that's what I want to see. You got to see the shirtless Drew shirt. That's uh, <laughs> pretty crazy. I cannot wait till I get mine in the mail. I, I only missed that we didn't have the the any gargoyle shirt that's the one thing i was hoping we would do why didn't we do that who knows maybe it's uh you know something down the down the line suggesting just a suggestion any any the gargoyle shirt uh anyway so yes good thank you so much for all this and uh uh those of you that maybe you're new to this uh the the particular emails and the voice messages are sort of a throwback to the old love line days you guys are asking as you say all your uncomfortable questions and a place you've been afraid to ask or embarrassed to ask anywhere else, bring them to me. I've heard it all. Don't worry about it. Yes, Nadav will laugh at you, but that's okay. And I'll uh, laugh with you. Right. And uh, I'll usually have I had some experience, you know, clinically or otherwise, where I have uh, can, can answer your weird questions. So here we go. Here's a nice and easy one to start off with. Uh, a couple episodes, we were talking about how bad benzodiazepines can be, causing seizures and withdrawal, et cetera. A couple years ago, my doctor prescribed clonopin for panic. I really didn't know how it made me feel. I found an alternative named Kava that's called Nature Xenix. It has really helped me with my anxiety, and I like to continue using it, but I want to make sure it's safe. Uh, they say it's not physically addictive, so I'm hoping uh, this is an answer. I could use in lieu of um, benzodiazepine panic attacks. You bet I'm coming up in May. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, so here's the deal. Uh, anything that has a marked physiological effect is a drug. I don't care whether it comes out of the ground or horse poo or Kava, like Kava from the... Uh, forget where they harvest this stuff from, whatever it is. If it has a physiological effect, there is a pharmacological reason for that, okay? So, of course, because this works just like benzodiazepines, it has just the same risk factors as benzodiazepines. The only good news is that it's very mild, okay? And so, yes, over time, you will probably need more, and yes, over time, you will have withdrawal, for sure, just like uh, anything anything that affects that chloride system, that chloride channel, and activates at the benzodiazepine receptor site. Interestingly, Neurontin, which affects the chloride channel, isn't so much that way, but if you're on a high dose, you can get a little withdrawal from that. Uh, these all cause withdrawal syndromes. They, they just do. Um, now, you're having some good benefit from this. So what I want you to do is I want you to go talk to your doctor about it. Um, it's certainly better than clonopin because it's milder. Uh, and it's something, none of these things should be used indefinitely because they do cause withdrawal intolerance and all this stuff. So maybe it's something you could use intermittently under supervision. You do not treat medical problems on your own. An anxiety disorder with panic is a medical problem. You can't be objective about what's happening to you. That's why you need an observer, a trained observer, somebody who's dealt with this stuff, to look at you. It's why I don't treat myself. It's why don't I do things for my family. Two reasons. One, I can't be objective about myself. And with my own family, because of my emotional involvement, I lose my objectivity when I'm dealing with people I care too much about, care a lot about. All right. Here's a predoctoral clinical psychologist. A uh, question about uh, any. <laughs> 
and the anxiety medication he took from his friend. You guys remember that? He was taking uh-huh. his friend's anxiety med. Obviously, this is not his or pers- this is Taylor's area of competence, but wondering if you think there may be a point in talk therapy treatment when anxiety medication could actually hinder someone's progress. I know that research shows that meds and talk therapy is the best course of treatment, but if our brains struggle to form new connections as we try to solve problems because of these medication, I would imagine that once the severe symptoms of anxiety decrease, it would be difficult to continue to see progress. Thank you. Any thoughts? Well, I can approach topics, blah, 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 blah. Okay, uh, Taylor, very complicated question. Uh, generally, you are absolutely correct. Generally, it is the case. Alcohol, benzodiazepines, opioids block the brain's ability to grow, as you say, is to make new connections. And so doing growth-oriented or insight-oriented talk therapy or uh, affect regulation therapies don't really work when people are on these medications. However, people can have such severe anxiety disorders or personality disorders that the psychiatrist may still elect to put them on something, even though it makes certain kinds of progress difficult, particularly emotional progress. So you could switch over and do more cognitive behavioral therapy, though the benzos can impair memory, and you, of course, need intact memory, but okay, it's not as bad as the inability to form those new connections, that socio-emotional exchange we call growth in therapy. You are absolutely right. And you need to be very astute about when to call out people are using medications as either dependency or addiction. And that takes a whole skill set of, of its own that I hope you will be good at. Generally speaking, if you are engaged with people in, you know, in, in real therapy, they should not be on opiates or benzodiazepines more than a couple of weeks. The SSRIs, the SNRIs, and all the newer stuff does not impair that stuff. It may impair the motivation to change because people are feeling better, and you have a point to take there, but uh, good, you're on. You're thinking about it. You're thinking clearly. You're thinking well about you know, it. You know, it's interesting that you uh, that you say that because I was uh, I actually asked about that in my last therapy session with my therapist. Oh, you asked? Are you taking these medicines, or maybe you ought to stop smoking so much pot? <laughs> nah, dude, weed's not an issue. Because cannabis me. is another <laughs> one that gets in the way of all this stuff. Well, no. Well, what he was telling me is that he was like, yeah, there's people that come in here, you know, either stoned on weed yep. or they're on sure. benzos, sure. and it's like. Talk therapy isn't going to help right. because you're using those to block the thing that makes you feel. You, like, you need to go into therapy feeling the things that make you feel anxious. Th- th- that is one way of looking at it, right? Um, that's not absolutely and categorically true because right. you, you have to be in a place where people can function and can you know. Right, you want to. You, you need to want to do the work. But that's the motivational side again. If you're not uncomfortable, you may not be motivated to do it. But it, it's complicated. It's, it's multiple factors. And you're, the cleaner your brain, the better you're not in withdrawal or not intoxicated, not blocked, the more likely the therapy is going to be efficacious. Okay. And I'll, and I'll say that, that therapy actually has tremendously helped with my anxiety. I mean, oh, yeah, me too. When, I we, when, thing. when we first started this studio, I was non-stomp anxious like yeah. i like anyone here will tell you that i i mean i'm i'm ho- i'm hoping that you guys would say that i've gotten better but um, <laughs> zolo what do you say chris what do you say yeah definitely okay sure right, sick, i'll take uh, yeah, talk to ahead, me talk, talk to me doing good talk to me afterwards talk to me afterwards. no but but i mean what i'd say is like uh like i'd i'd usually find myself in like an anxiety thought patterns where i'd just catch myself like pacing in my apartment right, repeating right. stuff and i'm like how long have I been doing this for? And then after, you know, I've been in therapy for a little longer than a year now, like stuff that used to tailspin me now just like goes right past, like it doesn't even freak me out anymore. Now it gives wh- you tools to like. Like what do you think that is? Is that, you've been doing CBT? What have you been doing? 
uh, just normal talk therapy. This is like the the normal like a uh, family yeah, yeah. relationships one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and and it, what's crazy is that the like uh, it's not even active tools that I'm using. Right. It's passively just being just stuff that would freak me out. Just passively does not freak me out anymore. Right. So it's as though you are regulating better. Would that be a good way to say it? Yeah, I and, think that is. And yeah. and in in regulating, would it be also accurate to say? that you have a safe place to return to kind of refuel and charge up and think about these things that are, it's a little more productive than spinning in your own head. Exactly, yeah, because it's like, I'm not like, just like you said that you're too close to your family to give them help, it's like, how the fuck can I talk therapy myself into a better place? Right, right, right. you can't, you can't, but but you need, you know, I, uh, the way I describe anybody who's resistant to therapy, it's, it's like being a fighter and you have to return to the corner. You return to the, your corner of the ring. You're not by yourself in the corner. You're there with people supporting you, talking to you, you know, helping you, shaping right. you. That's, you, you know, if, if nothing else, a, su- a supportive psychotherapy can be just having somebody in your corner. Now, with time, the relationship becomes richer and the kind of things you expose need to be re-regulated and re-examined and rethought about and refelt. And again, in a safe holding environment, people can do that work. What do you think the probability is we can get any into something like that? Uh, I think he's actually open to it. Like he told me that he's... Oh, I sent... That's right. I sent him the uh, EMDR stuff. So, yeah, he told me that he reached out to that person. Good. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, no, and, and he wants to, you know, so not... He, so I'm glad he's not here today. So here's what's <laughs> going to happen. He is going to freak the fuck out in the beginning of the EMDR. It's pretty intense. And um, and then he'll get through that, and then he'll be like so relieved that he did it. But it's it's there's a oh, reason. Yeah. There's a reason. Therapy is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, but this is really intense part of stuff. And 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 he's going to be accessing stuff that's going to like make his whole body shake. And he's going to. I remember one of my friends I sent to EMDR. He thought the therapist had broke him. <laughs> he thought that something really had happened to his brain. We got to break you down to build I, you back it's not up. Not even right? breaking down is that they're just having these these things start emerging that are just confusing and painful. They're feelings from your body, and um, and I told him I said just, just keep going, keep going. And he's so much better now. Oh my god, um, the machine IMDb trivia. What is up there? What is that? You know, I discovered the machine, right? Everyone know this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Did Bert you tell know the that? story the first time on uh, on Loveline. Did you right? know that before uh, it had his recent um, uh, thing where he got an honor? The I mean, recent, uh, I knew that from yeah, I knew that yeah. from you. You've been saying that since uh, okay. since the beginning of the machine story, okay. where you're just like, nah, uh, uh, he said it on Loveline, not on Rogan. First. Now I'm still <laughs> resentful he didn't give me a cameo in the movie. That's a whole different story. But I'm sure there's so Maybe much. Maybe we could get you about. in the sequel or something. <laughs> there was so much he was. I can imagine how much he was dealing with. But but, uh, but the thing that you're reading up here, the Machine IMDb trivia story, as you yeah. know, Bert went to Serbia for yeah. a few months ago, filmed the Machine movie. So IMDb's uh, trivia section is all user generated. I've, I've never heard of IMDb trivia. To explain to people what that is. So it's just like, a, it, it's kind of like a, the more you know behind the scenes facts. Like, did you know that, you know, on the set of Analyze That, Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal shared a trailer? Okay, and so IMDb is like a... Um it's like a webster it's a webster's it's like an encyclopedia for movies for movies and tv yeah yeah okay so go ahead what do we got so uh some people have decided some users have decided to uh submit some some content for the trivia section of burt's machine movie on imdb let's do it so here's the first one during filming burt kreischer refused to shower instead he insisted that swimming in a pool every day would be enough to keep clean that sounds like burt Sounds that right. does sound like Bird. Yep, sounds right. Okay. I think that might be why it's still up there. Yep. All right. 
Uh, Due to Bryce Krishner's inability to keep his address from becoming public knowledge, it is said that production was forced to shut down twice while Brant and his mattress found new arrangements. That doesn't even make sense, does it? I mean, uh, if you know, you know. It's one of those, you know. Should I know something? Oh, did you not see a picture of... uh, of 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 Bert's uh, bed in Serbia? No. Oh my God! Can you show me that? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. So this is so. It's, oh my God! And was there any video attached to it or anything? No, it was just a post. First time watching I my think sheets. It might be this. Oh boy. Yeah, dude. Oh. <laughs> how fucking foul is that? Well, how does his wife live with him? She's a saint, right? She really is. Le- yeah. Leanne, like you and Leanne are top two nicest people I've ever met. Leanne's the nicest person I've ever met. I, okay. So, okay. I get it now. All right. What else you got? Give me some more, Bert. Wait, hold on. That's all you got to say about this bed? Yeah. Okay. People that can't see it, there's a there's a dirt outline of Bert with with an especially egregious pillowcase. I mean, there's there's disgusting old Bert hair oil all over the pillowcase now i think at this point he had maybe been been in serbia for like maybe a month maybe two months yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty insane time to just kind of let your bed not be cleaned for it means he was busy guys come on give him a break yeah i know why didn't they take care of him that's my question what, what is i just what, you know what it is it's because i think most people don't i think they just didn't assume this was something they'd have to do for him. right i couldn't I feel like we should call Leanne and get her thoughts. I really do. On this bed? Yes. (laughs) I don't think I have her phone number separate from his, though. Maybe we'll try and get that set up on the next one. Yes, please. Please do. (laughs) Okay, is there more Bert trivia? Yes, there is. Okay. This is pretty good. Brett Kushner. What's the Brett Kushner thing? So there has been nonstop uh, bites that we've had of people mispronouncing Bert's name I think for the most part on accident uh, on the uh, during the movie filming literally any time he's talked about on anything okay we're, and it started off as an accident I think four I, or five years ago it, and then the it. real name makes perfect sense to yep. me. My, somebody else in my own household did this Brett Kushner demanded so much Kool-Aid on the set uh, that the production was almost shut down multiple times this sounds right <laughs> director had to keep a room full of dogs on the set to help distract Brent from the lack of red drink yeah well, because the reference there is that Bert fucks dogs Oh, there's that, of course. There's mm-hmm. that. Okay, I see, I see. Okay, uh-huh. Here's more. These are good. Mark Hamill gave Bruce the nickname Jabba the R-word during the first week of shooting. Sometimes he would just call him that J for short. That sounds real. And by the way, I've seen Mark Hamill recently on a bunch of things where he does little cameos like on um, What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. I like him much more now. <laughs> he's, he he has a great sense of humor about himself. He and, really does. And God bless him. Is no, he in the movie? He must be in the movie, right? He plays Bert's dad. Oh my God, it's fantastic. Yeah. God bless Mark Hamill. Yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah. Burnt, burnt <laughs> Crisper. Crisper had to be removed from the set several times during filming because he continuously talked over everyone else's lines. <laughs> this happened so often they built a soundproof room full of enough sultry canine companions and Kool-Aid to keep him calm. <laughs> Thank you to the mommies for uh, coming to coming to Bert's defense here. Wow. And then this is the last one. This trivia below may give away important plot points. Really? Is that for real in there? Uh, the website definitely did attribute that oh to that. Oh, my God. Okay. There's a scene where Bart and his father, Mark Hamill, walk upon some of the bodies buried by Garth and end up screwing up proto 100%. 
They screw up the protocol? Right. They they screwed up Proto, so that's a fat smoker reference. Oh, they Jesus. screwed up Proto a hundred percent. Oh my god, so I that's am a not reference. I DJ Dadmouth is the only one to save them. And that's a Tom reference. See, it's all layers. It's, it's all baked so, in layers. It's so, they're so good. I can't keep up with it. Huh. Well, uh, I feel gratitude and thanks for the Your Mom's House uh, universe for spending so much time creating those riddles. Good for you. Uh, and at Bert's expense yet, so much the better. No, yeah, it's uh, so fun. Pussy pick cool gal. This is going to be... I'm not even sure what... Oh, yeah. Okay. Can I know we show one. it? Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. I just sent the Ohio Department of Unemployment a bunch of pussy pets. <laughs> you want to know who I am? Won't you come visit me in person? I'm not no fucking bot. I'm a real fucking human being here i am won't you inspect this pussy i'm confused though was she upset about what she had sent i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it she just wants you to inspect that pussy. but was that after she was upset about having sent the department of deployment a bunch of the pictures gotta be okay is there more there's gotta be more. uh that's it on uh, this one. Oh, christine i need more of her need more of her. Why I don't, don't you inspect this pussy i don't really want to go talk to her you know i get that impulse to talk uh -huh. um but i'm intrigued i want more so want what more. keeps you from wanting to talk to this one um i don't think it'd be very interesting is that is that eyebrows painted on the middle of her forehead nope those look re pretty real to me no way no let's see some movement again let's see her move why don't you inspect? You think these are painted on? I do. They're Who weird. I am? They're in the middle of her forehead. Why don't you come visit me <laughs> no. in person? She's just so shocked. No, I'm no. I'm not no fucking bot. <laughs> Zolo, I'm help me. I'm a real fucking human. Straighten Nadav out of this. There's, there, there are eyebrows in the middle of her forehead. Well, I, I think she just shaved them down. Yeah. But I think she left like the top part of the eyebrow left so that's why it's so high up i don't think so guys look at oh, look at the outline of the I eyebrow you so see you're it? saying so you're saying that she has some real supreme thickies and she's just no she no, thinned no. out the wrong end of it no, that's no. what i'm thinking yeah that can we enlarge it or anything so we can see what's there is there any way we can kind of zoom in on it uh, that's as close as you're getting she she, she is painted She's, I, I, and I'm being generous when I say the middle of her forehead. It's almost the top part. It's almost at her hairline. No, no, She's, no. Yeah, it's definitely a, or a direct middle eyebrows. between the You don't the have eyebrows at your hairline. So, all right. Anyway, keep going. I mean, you know what? I do see it bleeding over to the hairline there. I know. I see, I see what you're saying. Right? I know. <laughs> that does not happen in nature. So, in human nature, anyway. Uh, Won't okay. you inspect this pussy? People need to add that to their lexicon of alohas, don't you think? Don't you think? That's a good I'd one. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Non-binary parent titles. I'm gonna. Just, I'm going with videos. I'm. I'm good. I'm in video. Sure. Right, yeah. Let's go. I think. Let's uh, do this. You're gonna love this one. All right. Instead of using the typical mom and dad parent titles, there's actually gender neutral and non-binary parent titles that exist. It can be hard for parents within the LGBTQIA community to find a word that they feel comfortable being addressed as by their children. Oh, uh, really? And you're like, well, what kind of examples could there be? I, I'm just afraid if your children are uncomfortable or you're uncomfortable and your children, your children are going to react to that. You know what I'm saying? But let's right. see. You know right. what I'm Maybe saying? You know what I'm saying? Or something, right? All right. Let's go see what this is all about. Okay. I am intrigued by this young lady, though. I, I've got a little intrigue. So go ahead. So here are some examples. Okay. Dama. Mada. Maddie. 
Madi, Mapa, Nini, Nopa, Nori, Opa, Pere, Pompom, Zaza, and Zizi. Okay. Um, I feel like calling your parent by your first name is more acceptable than fucking any of these suggestions. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm like, you know, some languages that does mean dada or mama or right. whatever. Half so, of this is Yiddish, right? <laughs> Yiddish or Greek or, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Yo, yo, ma. Uh, who, oh my God, oh my God. Pong, pong. Uh, do we have any more from this chick? Uh, that's all we got from her on this one. Ooh, wait, hold on. Should I put her back up? Is there something you don't trust about her face? No, 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 no. I like her. I like her. And and I'm always, see, there's a lot of this, there's a whole, cha- I have I have fallen into the channels on TikTok where they're going to educate you about gender and stuff. And I always find it very intriguing. But mostly, let's put it this way. Uh, people coming out of a, engaged in a survival struggle in really serious circumstances all this just goes away. And and uh, sort of one of my measures of what's important is, you know, what what do we need to know to to live well and to survive and when you start getting into really extreme details about things that I can barely remember, let alone imagine calling to mind in a situation where survival was an issue, I just I, I don't know, I just it, I I'm happy I'm happy for her. I'm happy to be educated about it. But I'm not sure I could stay with it. I'm not sure I could stay with it because it just doesn't. Uh... Yeah. No, I feel if kids started calling their parents Zaza and Pom Pom and Mappa, like. Uh, I have no problem with that. Well, I think child, um, parents beating their children is going to come back and oh, stuff. How dare you? Uh, look, I, your, your children could, should call you whatever, frankly, whatever the children want to call you. I, there are, our whole thing about parenting is putting your child first. Now, if there's some stuff that you'd like to kind of encourage i'm fine if that makes you happier fine no no problem no problem but but why do we need to be educated about that is why i find kind of intriguing and, and the people that are doing pom, pom. The, and people like her are always very appealing and very smart so i i just think that i don't know all right anyway let's uh look for a fat ass white girl how about that how about that I love your segues. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Okay. I'm looking for me a white girl. TikTok guy. TikTok guy. Serious replies only. Um, I think they know how to work it. They know how to work it. Look you like that. that? I do because he's, he's classic talk. Now, let me tell you, does this cool guy remind you of any other cool guys that you might have seen? Uh-oh. It's almost a trick question. Uh, let me answer it for you. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he's not RPC, right? He's not... Here, let, let's start from the beginning, and you tell me if he reminds you of, of okay. any sound bites that you might have heard. Okay. I'm looking for me a white girl with a fat ass. Serious replies only. Um, I think they know how to work it. I don't remember, but I, I like that he knows what he wants. So this is who this guy reminded us most of. Okay. Hi, I'll make this brief. Oh, yeah, he does. My name's John Lai, you shipman. I'm looking for girls for pussy. <laughs> I'd love to eat pussy. 
Doesn't this guy freak you out a lot more? Absolutely. Okay. I'd, I'd hang out with I, you. Well, maybe I, I wouldn't I, hang I, out with I'd him. I'd hang out with the other guy. Yeah. I would. But, but I, I just feel like I sort of categorized by my reaction. So this guy is like, I sort of moved on from this gentleman, let's just say. Right. I'd be concerned for my safety if I talked to this guy. The other guy, I'm just like, ah, we should change this uh, this game plan. Wow. <laughs> wow. Good well, for him. You know? I, yeah. I signed sign off on that guy, the, the other guy. But he's got that talk eye. Uh, uh, let's see. Insane pilot shares. Uh-oh. Really? Is this like a like a Southwest flight or something? Um, yeah. So imagine imagine you're on this flight, mm -hmm. and this is what you hear over the intercoms. Was raped or molested as a young boy. It does not matter whether it was. You can go ahead, go if you need to. It does not matter whether it was a family member, or friend, or stranger. It happened, and I was um, left to deal with it alone. Though I was raised by Christians in the church, I never felt like I could share that with anyone. I screamed to God every night that he would take away my sins and thoughts and resulting homosexual tendencies. My life spent, kept spiraling out of control. I became a sexual addict and turned to pornography. I got married to a woman almost five years ago. I could not tell her about my pain and struggle with homosexuality, even though I was in love with her. Just, just over one year into our marriage, I began to give in to the pressure of being gay. Oh my God. I asked other gay crew members is... questions about their lifestyle and what. Until he said gay crew members, I thought it was a, like he's like, this was a false, like a faux thing. Oh no, but, this is pre takeoff. And, and that's not a pilot. That is a flight attendant. Sure. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and because the pilot, the sound is different. The sound, I've been on enough airplanes. Mm -hmm. um, and what the hell is this poor guy doing? I feel terrible for this guy. He is in really serious trouble. Does it keep going? Yeah, there's like another like minute of this, but this guy should be in a therapy session, not on a plane probably. Uh, yeah. And what led them to becoming gay? Pretty soon I was talk taking part in that lifestyle. I had sex with men and would come home work trips and pretend that nothing happened. Ultimately, I want to share the love of Christ with you. If you feel uncomfortable, that's fine, but I will talk to you in the gay area. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. I don't hear you clapping. No, I'm not clapping. I, it's a... It's a miscarriage of what he's supposed to be doing. Well, do you hear what the passengers are saying? No, what they say. If you feel uncomfortable, that's fine, but I will talk to you in the gay area. Thank you so much. I'm suing. Oh, what did he say? Nobody gives a shit about your life, bro. <laughs> oh, that's not. I'm not surprised by that reaction. I'm not surprised. This, yeah, neither is, am I, man. I'm trying to get to Houston. Yeah, that is not. <laughs> that is not. Uh, he he. Oh boy. Well. Everybody, if you ever get involved in a 12-step program and they encourage you to be open and honest in all situations, um, ask your sponsor where and when you should be sharing. <laughs> Oversharing and foisting your shit on other people and affecting other people. You're not supposed to affect other people negatively. You're, you're, you know, when somebody's sitting across from you and wants to hear your story, tell your story. Uh, but uh, to grab the mic, I, I would not imagine that guy, well, I'd be surprised if he still has a job. 
And if he he does, I would have if I were managing that whole thing, I would ask him to spend some time away, and I would need clearances from some uh, licensed professionals before he came back into that job. All right, serious question here: Is there any way to make white faster? Ask any. I think he's probably pretty the quickest draw. Is he not amongst us? I would not know. I'm not talking about start to finish. He's been very clear about that, hasn't he? That he has sort of in ninja powers. Oh well. I mean that that he could jerk off all the time. There's, well, I'm imagining he can. Ninja. I don't want to speak for him. I of really course, don't. Know. Of course, we'll get his input. Like I don't want anyone to lose an eye or leave a bruise. But uh, what's the worst thing that could happen? Are there any exercises I may be able to do? Any help appreciate? Well. Um, yeah, I mean, you can hone your skill, number one, and then Kegel exercises give men uh, and women too a little bit more control, but not great. Is there an asshole GPS? Can you explain why our assholes have GPS? Like, how do our assholes know when within a certain radius of a toilet proceed to send the emergency all-release signal when we hit that radius but aren't at home? The world needs to know, Daddy Drew. Thanks, mommies. I better believe I'm coming up May. So what he's talking about, you ever notice this, that when you... You can sort of, the thing about farts and stool is it's not an exact science. Uh-huh. You can't go fart now, have a cognitive thought, and you'll fart now. It's sort of like you feel it brewing, and you can kind of control when it's there and not, and there's sort of a critical point after which you're not going back. Um, but for the most part, it's just sort of a, it's a visceral phenomenon. It's a non-skeletal muscle, so you can't move it like your arm or your hand. Uh, but if you noticed how... As you're approaching the time, you know it's kind of something's going to happen. When you get closer to the toilet, it gets more urgent, right? You notice that? Or you I, don't have that? No, 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 no. I've pissed myself, definitely. Not pee. Not pee. It's, it's mostly it's, it's, stool. It's the, same, it's the same function. I mean, similar, I'm, I'm similar. myself, too. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. It, it, it's a, the, the urine is under a little more control because what happens as, as, your, as your body gets ready to do its thing there is a contraction of the colon, and there's actually something actually called a mass movement where it's moved stuff into position. And once it's in position, it, 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 there's a something in the chamber it's ready to go. And that the mass more, movement is that post or pre S curve? Uh, it probably is moving things down from the S curve gotcha. into the rectum. Yeah, and so yeah, so it's that's the, the GPS. Up. Yeah, well, loading the barrel up. Thank <laughs> you, Nadab. Addiction, heavy question. It'll be brief. Man of 27, alcoholic, long history of severe anxiety, treatment resistant depression. Childhood trauma, trying to quit drinking, but I've noticed even without alcohol, I still experience intense wanting for such things as food, cigarettes, etc. I always feel like I need something to fill the proverbial hole. That's it. Uh, I've been on SSRIs, antidepressants, never seem to do a whole lot for me. I'm not really interested in AA support groups. That means you're not interested in recovery, my friend. When, you, when you're ready to do whatever it takes, you will do whatever it takes. And there are things that work. And you need supportive peers. You need people who've been through this. And a, you can, it can be rational recovery. It can be some sort of mutual aid society because there aren't enough professionals on earth to give you this, the, the attention and feedback that you need, oh, particularly the first few months of sobriety. Uh, I'd rather take care of uh, this without spilling my guts to a bunch of strangers. Any advice? Um, the constant wanting and bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Um, the filling the void is something that you can share with your peers when you raise your hand and say, I need help. I'm in, I'm in trouble here. Um, this is not some medication-related thing you can do. You have lots of trauma. The trauma will be dealt with down the line. Right now, you need to deal with the stopping drinking. One of the things that happens when we stop drinking is there's alterations in your liver and, and, and uh, carbohydrate metabolism, and you actually can really crave sugars and things like that. 
and uh, putting things in your mouth and you know managing. You're so used to manage your emotions with something outside your body, meaning alcohol, that you will continue to do that with other things, cigarettes and coffee and, and donuts and whatever. You need to let that all settle down. You can indulge it a little bit early on to help you deal with the stopping drinking. And you may need a medical management, but you have to have the support of peers who have been through this. Yes, professional services can help, but it turns out that very few people are fully successful without the free services. It's free, by the way, of 12-step. Go on a Zoom meeting and raise your hand. Just say, I need help. If you're, if you're calling the shots, know this. If you're an addict and you're calling the shots, that's your addicted brain, which is diseased and distorted and problematic, making the decisions. How could it possibly make a good decision when every decision that you make using that brain will use, lead you back to using? That's how the disease of addiction works. Every relationship, every motivation, every thought, every good idea that your brain has will lead you back to using. That's how this thing works. That's why it's so insidious. You have to let go surrender to a process and support and people and just let go and try what other people have done to stay to actually do this as soon as you say i'm not interested in doing x i just hear i want to keep drinking that's your disease telling you that right interesting yeah uh let's see uh Here, look, got some let's, let's go through some voicemails okay yeah yeah i haven't done those yet sorry i was i wanted well hang on a second i just want to hear a couple sure. of, one or two uh horrible or hilarious so it's just uh uh yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Fall if down you've a ladder. Seen Fall these. down a ladder. I'm Let me know if you've seen this. Okay, I've seen the motorcycle. I think I've not seen the ladder. Oh, uh oh, that's horrible. Right? No, just wait, just wait. Oh, oh. You really didn't fall down that? I'm good. I'm good. Pops <laughs> right back up. He's wow. fine. Wow. Wow, it's interesting how long he laid there, too. No, yeah, he was definitely out. I think his body's probably in shock. I feel like he's probably got... Because there was a point that really... Like, leg injuries are really what fuck me up. <laughs> and I saw his leg getting stuck in one of these sectoids. Yes, it did. It did. It could have been a horrible... Oh, wow, it actually slipped out in the yeah. perfect angle. Yeah, but it like, could have been horrible. He pulled it out. And, and so Luckily, it's hilarious. I think he's just lying there going, am, am I in one piece? Am I okay? What am I feeling? Which I, oh. I understand that. So you think that he wasn't knocked out? He was just in panic I, mode? I, like, how bad did I hurt myself? He got up a little bit um, too good to have been unconscious, I would say. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, his hand went up to the left. Fine, you all right? Yeah. Yeah, fine. You really didn't fall cool. down there? No problem. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. So I guess he didn't get knocked out at all, huh? I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, a, I think we could safely move this to the hilarious call. Yeah, let's put it hilarious. <laughs> let's, let's give this one a hilarious. Good for him. It's uh, you know, Tom's and Tom's fall would be hilarious had he not had horrible injuries. I mean, I think Tom has already come around to it that it is hilarious. Does does him having been uh, through all this change his relationship with the horrible or hilarious videos? I think he's sent me slightly less amount of death videos but not really like it's kind of hard to it's really what, hard to what? see the difference before and post accident i don't think i've ever seen death videos i think that i think no 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 i showed you a lathe video last time it's oh that yeah that was a death video yeah yeah see you blocked yeah. it out i did block it proud out. of you buddy i'm glad that some of us could do that yeah I, I just where does he find them some really crazy websites oh this is interesting hi my kings and queen above 18 uh, my husband and I are pretty honest with each other about the goings-on of our sex life. However, he told me something today that kind of weirded me out. He said my mouth was too warm, and that's why it took him a lot longer to ejaculate. 
He what? And I, he and I have been sexually active with each other 15 years, and this is the first time I've ever heard of something like this, so I'm pretty taken aback. Here to explain this to me, keep it high and tight. Um, the penis is a very delicate instrument, and it can react to all kinds of things in strange ways. And either teeth or lips or tongue can, can actually irritate the urethra, it can be overstimulating and it can be experienced in all kinds of weird ways. It may not even be the warmth. It may be just something he just feels uncomfortable. Mm. And that's be, it's sort of an oversensitivity. Just put it in that category. And that's normal for a penis. So you have to kind of be maybe be a lot more, um, mix it up more. Not so repetitive because repetitive, uh, a sensitive penis will get irritated. And so maybe some outside, maybe mm. some hands, some other things, things like that. That's uh, much better than the my suggestions were going to be. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, my question here is this is, hey, guys, my question is about my dick. <sighs> what I want to know is Wait, how. Hold on. You're not even going to take the bait on that one? What would you say? I didn't hear it. I said that that was going to be much different than my suggestions. You're like, all right, next question. Well, what was your <laughs> suggestion going to be? I was going to say to either stop drinking hot tea before blowjobs mm -hmm. or to start putting ice cubes in there. Oh, good for you. Pragmatic answer. Oh, some, see, some, so, so that's how you say shut the fuck up in yeah, true language. Yeah, no, no. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, as Dr. Freud would say, sometimes a cigar is just a good smoke. In other words, you don't have to make something out of everything. You just solve it. Where about an ice cube? Good. Yeah, put ice cubes in there. Yeah. Uh, what I want to know is how... My dick knows if it's busting inside a vagina or a throat. This is another one of these questions. My wife helps me out. Sometimes my balls hurt when she has to make an emergency extraction. So he's calling oral sex an extraction. Uh, and again, here he goes with the balls. I think people are now writing this just to just to get get me upset. Uh, my balls usually start hurting a few hours later. If I bust inside her, usually my balls are content for three or four days before they start reminding me it's time to squirt. Again, not your balls. Mm. I had a vasectomy in December. I don't quite remember having such pain and squirting before. And now that I think about it, uh, this isn't a symptom of a more serious condition, but keep in mind that I do bust inside her. My wiener's pretty heavy. Yeah. So this is back to what I was talking about before. In fact, I had pre-read this one. I must have been thinking about this uh, particular question, which is that the mouth is a can be a little more irritating the urethra. And if you're sending bacteria or inflammation up the urethra, that inflammation can get all the way to the epididymis and could cause scrotal pain, can cause uh, testicular pain and, and prostate inflammation. So you gotta kind of be careful with the, it's, it's usually mostly because you're either over traumatizing the urethra, which goes all the way down the penis, right? And so over vigorous hand is, or, can be irritating. Or sounding will definitely do all of this for sure. Um, now that we're going back to that topic, do we need to revisit sounding? Does everyone know, knows what we're talking about? <sighs> Let me pull up an image. Yeah. So sounding is something I learned about on Loveline. Uh, and it is people that get into not sounding board. No, 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 no. Sounding like instruments. Maybe it auto-filled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounding penis. There you go. Uh, ah. Wait, wait, hold on. Ooh, look at these things. The looks like looks like screws that go on the wall. Uh, there's oh too many dicks in here. Oh my god. Oh my god. Forks or I'll just show you a picture of a fork. Oh my god. But imagine that goes in the pee hole. Yeah, there's one. Get the one that that gold one over to the left. There down down down. There. That's a benign enough. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's a urethral sounding instrument. <laughs> and the reason it's got a big for pleasure. Yeah, and I think the reason it's got a big hook on it like that is so it doesn't go all the way down and get lost into the bladder, right? Oh, Jeez. my God. Yeah, yeah, which can certainly happen. Have you heard of that happening? Oh, yes, I have. Of people losing sounding yes, devices? Yes, yes. Anything you can put in the anus or the urethra 
has stayed in the anus or urethra at some point for somebody do or you, gotten sucked up or lost in. Do you have to fish That's, it out of the semi-vesses or do you have to open up the side or how do you, how do you get it out? Depends what it is and how deep and how irritating and stuff. I, I mean, there is ways to go down with a cystoscope and retrieve stuff and sometimes you have to do a suprapubic surgery, you know. Go in super there pubic? Suprapubic, above the pubic and get in the bladder. And um, so it depends and same thing with the ani. Sometimes it's... Uh, a hand reaching all the way up. Sometimes it's a, a sigmoidoscope instrument, and sometimes it's a surgery. So uh, be careful, everybody. Play safe out there with all the stuff you put in inside. Now, now let's be clear. This is interesting. Uh, it's outside the body. It is in, 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 in the in the anus. It's outside the body. In the urethra, that's heading towards inside the body. Now. Hold on, hold on. That hold that, on. that is the urethra <laughs> is relatively sterile, and it's a sort of outside the body thing. The bladder is also kind of outside the body because it it communicates with the ureters up to the kidneys, which are outside the body. Uh, bladder has some properties that are sort of both. It's kind of interesting. I, I would characterize it as generally inside the body. Inside the, the as compared as co the urethra and the bladder. Are you guys who else is freaking out in there? We're all freaking out in as, here, as man. compared to the what is inside the body. Let's put it this way. <laughs> let's put it, things that are sterile are generally inside the body, right? So things that are sterile, like everything from your mouth to your anus, is laden with bacteria of all types that will f kill you if they get into the body. Uh -huh. Bladders. You've heard of in bladder infections, urinary tract infections. Right. Bladders get infected, and when bacteria grow there, that's it's it's kind of both in and outside. And if it goes up into the kidney, now that's a deep-seated infection in your body. The bladder is sort of halfway in, halfway out, and the urethra is about the same. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? I never thought about that. I feel like I need I need you to make a column or a list or a table that just says what organs are inside the body didn't, and what are Didn't outside. I tell you anything with bacteria is essentially outside? I mean, it's, that's the way it goes. Your oh, body, so anything that could take a pounding is outside the body. I mean, your ear is outside. Right. Your your you nose is outside. Your, you could pound the mouth, yeah. right? So, so keep thinking that way. Ended up, they, your, the, the booth is more entertained by you today than anybody. So I'm glad you're you're entertaining them. Uh, so, so I, um, I'm thinking. Did I mention to you that there's a urologist I want to bring on this show? Did you met the? I think so. Was that Doctor Winter? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We need to get her in here. We really do. Clearly, yeah. Because because we she, need we need her to tell us what if dicks are inside the body or not. I, I think you know in our transition time before we get to Austin, I please bring Doctor Winter in here, okay? Even if I have to get her on the phone, sure. Because uh, because I think that will we should like you should be like line up your questions like what's inside the body, what's out, what about why? What, let's get it all really squared out by somebody who does operations and all. And those she's parts. definitely uh, like agreed with you on on all this inside outside she the may, body she, track stuff. No, we've never discussed it, and so she may have. Oh. Listen, I am open to my. She's an expert. She's a surgeon of all this stuff, and she may have more nuanced ways of looking at all this stuff, which is why I want her to come in. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Why? Ever since I saw that UFC fighter, I can't stop saying I do it. know what you're saying, and I Thank do you. know what you mean. Thank you. Um, but but that will be, and her, she spends most of her time actually putting penile implants in. That's most of her surgeries these days. Why, now, is, why are you sighing? Well, penile implant, that's the one where it's like your one of your nuts turns into an air pump so that you could make your dick hard? Essentially. That's, that's, <laughs> nailed <laughs> yeah, it. As Fucking you, nailed it. Sort of.
Uh, but Are there different types of penile implants? Oh yeah, all types. The ones that just make it stay hard? There's some that they used to have ones, they don't really use those anymore, that were just, you'd bend them, they actually, like Gumby. You bend um, And there were those that you'd pump from the tip and there are those Pumped that, from the tip yeah the, the tip was where the reservoir was and the others the testicles were the reservoir it's just she can tell us all those things i am not that familiar i want to know about every possible right type of so surgery. this is why you got to get her in here please let's yeah, get her do. in here or, or or zoom her in or something as she's getting her she lives outside of this area most of the time so but she's a she's very good at doing uh, this kind of thing and she's a, a real professional real surgeon on this stuff so sure uh yeah we'll, we'll set something up okay and uh, some more voice messages. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, Doctor Drew. It's uh, Zach from Texas, and I had a uh, I had a question about climaxing. Mm -hmm. So it seems that when I'm when I'm coming, so to say, so it seems that my muscles start to like either spaz out or contract, and I like I start like tensing up and like oh, like like that kind of. <laughs> I, want, like I was that? wondering if a lot of people do that or if, if what that really is. Because it seems like some of these guys on pornography videos, they, they're not really phased when they come. They're just standing up and yeah. they don't seem to, their muscles don't seem to spaz you know, out and contract the way mine are. I hear you, Zach. Uh, th thank you so much. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, suck me sideways and uh, I love your podcast. Uh, shout out to the Booth Boys, too. I love any and Native. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. So uh, shout out to Zach because... I, I've actually thought a little bit about this, and no one has ever asked me this question. Mm -hmm. So this really? is the first time. So Zach, this, it's a very rare. It's, I've heard everything. Hold, trust me. No one has asked you. Is like, hey man, do people come the same way I come? Or well, no, is no. What he's asking, way? he's asking about something very specific. Mm -hmm. and, and and I've talked to enough people over the years to know that some people tense up, particularly their legs. They almost have to in order to have an orgasm. And other people either don't do that or actually relax. Some people actually have a, a muscular relaxation at the time of ejaculation, and some people are in between or go back and forth. Mm. And I don't, I've always wondered, and so I'm not going to be able to really answer your question except to say, I have wondered if that, you know, we've talked here before about how different people's orgasmic function can be. So I've wondered, is that just their different autonomic responses? Like, is that just how they're wired up? Or is that a function of how they learned how to do it when they were masturbating and younger and trying to figure their own shit out? Or my suspicion is it's sort of a combination of both, right? Because whatever your sort of autonomic wiring is is probably what you're accommodating when you're sort of learning how to do this. And that's how you learn to do it effectively. So it's kind of probably both. But why some people have more sympathetic tone, some people have more parasympathetic tone, some people have more skeletal muscle contraction, meaning their legs and buttock and maybe even their whole body. Why does some people's blood pressure drop and they can have all sorts of other reactions? This is the um, this is the kind of interesting landscape of people's sexual responsiveness, right? So you're just you're just zeroing in on one little part of it that I've never seen anybody really give an exploration of it. And, and, and I'm guessing it bleeds into something we have discussed here in the past, you know, why some people can only have one orgasm and some people multiple and some people multiple, multiple. And, you know, and it, it, we should, we, the only case study we have is Kelsey Cook. And maybe Kelsey can tell us, do you tense up? Do you not tense up? I mean, maybe she'd have some interesting. So all you can do is go out and ask lots of questions hmm. and see if there's any pattern you can find. I know, it doesn't mean anything. That's the good news. It's like meaningless. But it is an interesting difference amongst people. What's that? I was just going to ask you if, 
if you tense up when you come? No, I tend not to. Uh, my wife does tend to. Hmm. So, huh, interesting, right? Wild. Wild. Different strokes. I'm sort of more kind of maybe more in between. Where are you? I'm trying to think. I think I think somewhere in between yeah. too. I think I kind of understand. I think what he's saying is he could not he probably could not just stand and ejaculate. He would his he would go into some sort of t- you know tetanus. You know what? I actually would say that uh I mean most of the times that I ejaculate I'm not in a standing position. Yeah, some people have to lie down. Some people have to do that. It's a lot cuz it's an extra thing to like keep in mind while you're while but you're That's coming. a difference. That's yeah. just a difference. That's just some people that way huh. people are not there. Well, yeah. cuz like huh. oh now I have to balance. I like, I like the way I was like huh never thought about it. Huh. He was like I huh. never thought about the way I come Drew. Yeah, that's and, very and, interesting. And it's and it's you know it's it's the you know, as different as facial features and other stuff. It's, it's, we are kind yeah. of interesting uh, now, organisms. Also, follow-up question. Mm. Chris, how do you come? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't typically stand up, but I have done that in the past, so I know it's possible. So tense um, or not tense? Is that is that a sort of a diathesis you can relate to? Um, I've never really given it a whole lot of I know. Thought. We're asking you to do it right now. I know. That's why I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, okay, good. It's, it's hard to recall. It's and hard I, to recall. Way, like, you have to go through the process, yeah, the, and by, like, by the, the experience way, and, in and your the head. Dov, I felt bad for both Chris and Zolo. I was going to make them go there, but okay. Thank you, sir. It's <laughs> hey, a discomfort. Let, let me do the hard part. Yeah, okay. Part. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Finish okay. it off, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Finish it off. Good choice of words. Uh, <laughs> Intentional, my friend. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was. Um, yeah, I think... I think I tense up, not to the degree he's describing. Right, so you're sort of between, like Nadal. A little bit, yeah. So I yeah. like tense up and then immediate relaxation. Afterwards. Okay, so I think I think there are a lot of people that kind of relax, then tense sort of at the end, and then relax after. I think that's a pretty common pattern, but it, but it's it's all over the place, and, and and you know it may have something to do with the muscular how much muscularity you have. I, who knows what the hell? Because no one has ever studied this. And, and because it's not Except meaningful. Except for us. No, it's just not meaningful. <laughs> it doesn't really tell us anything about people. So, Well, we so, don't know yet. We haven't done a well, full right, study. Fair enough. Someday it'll be studied. But, so, but it may tell us something about orgasmic function because I know women must be all over the place with this too. So I'd like so. to continue this study. Okay. And I'd like to ask Zolo, how do you come? Ah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, I think I'm in the tenser category. But, Ooh, uh, listen to that. But the way uh, Chris described it sounds like right, like accurate for me. So both, you're yeah. sort of between, all right. So, but you're not like our caller. So another voice message. Let's keep going. Yeah, voice dude, message. we're doing yeah. science here. I love it. Uh-huh. Hey, Doctor Jeans and Booth Bros. My name is Zane. I've been coming across a bizarre phenomena of sorts lately. Um, I've been single for a while and I've been dating and hooking up with with multiple broads here and there. Mm-hmm. Several times afterwards, the woman has developed strep throat-like symptoms, Uh-oh. sore throat, fever, etc. You know. Yeesh. One of the women's doctors said it could possibly be syphilis at one point. Yeah. Um, the STD test came back negative. Okay. I get tested frequently, okay. always negative. Okay. It's not, and it's not only happening when I park a white chariot in their mouth. Is this just a coincidence? Maybe I just carry some sort of virus? I'd love to come from May, but I got a DUI, baby. Yeah, buddy. I think I know what the virus he's carrying might be. No, no, this is a little different than that this one. This isn't tonsil herpes. No, it could be, of course, but but it's it's a little different because I've heard of this also. I've never known exactly what this is. Of I've talked to people over the years that have gotten recurrent pharyngitis, meaning infection in their throat, just mm. with administering oral sex, just mm. doing that. 
sort of triggers something. Do you think it's the maybe physical friction or something? I, I think it might have something to do with introducing bacteria with a little bit of force to certain areas that shouldn't be seeing bacteria. Because again, the tonsils, you know, the, the, their surface is in outside the body, but the tonsils themselves are inside the body. And so uh, if you sort of, I know. True. Uh, I, the, the we need surface, a list, man. We need a, we need a surface, list that tells us what's in the body. Surface <laughs> is outside the body. And, but if you're hitting them with something that's, you know, maybe the skin or the urethra or something, I'm glad they looked up at all the STDs because that's what they should do because chlamydia can happen in the throat, gonorrhea can happen in the throat. Syphilis mm, can, but it doesn't really give you, eh, can. And, uh, of course, herpes, as we've discussed before. But, um, yeah, good for them. Interesting. Uh, Zane, good question, interesting question. I don't have a great answer for it. I've heard of it before, and I've just not seen... You know, I don't know if it's about gargling with antiseptic, uh, back, you know, mouthwash or something immediately after oral sex. I, if I were advising somebody, I'd try something like that. Mm, so Right, like they should douche their throat with something. There you go, douche the throat. Next, next. Hi, Hitler, Tyler, 31. So I used to be able to throw these big, long, girthy ropes and jism. Um, I'm finding now that I'm not really producing that much. Um, it definitely doesn't fly like it used to. Um, I, too, used to cap it off as a means to uh, basically have a cleaner, less clean-up activity late at night. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I would cap it off with my thumb. Uh, I have stopped doing that. It's been years since I've done that. Uh, but I just wanted to... To check is is there a chance that there's still some some gummies stuck in my bladder? Uh, give it to me straight, Doc. Coming All up right. tonight. All Thanks. right, buddy. Hi, um, You're a little young to have a marked change in your testosterone levels, but as you age, you will get more and more of this direction. Testosterone falls, volume goes down, intensity goes down, all that drops. 31's a little young for that, so I'd be worried that you're doing something to drop that. Oh, it's medication or drugs or something. Um, overweight, overweight. If you gain a bunch of weight, that would do this. The capping it off uh, irritates the prostate. Your body doesn't like that, and maybe somehow that reduced the amount of volume that was being produced. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, you could talk to a urologist about it, but I would not. I, I would though uh, get your testosterone levels checked because that is a significant enough change at a young enough age that I'd want to know what's going on there. So next one. Give me, you have any young ladies in there? Uh, we'll save that for the next one. Oh, <laughs> what? What? Seriously? No, no, no. I'm meeting like the voicemail after this. I just have. Oh, okay, right okay, okay, okay. Hey, Drew. This is Tom from the UK. I have a question about having sex with a condom. Uh, so the last time I had sex was just before the pandemic hit the UK. It was with a girl who I think is way out of my league. <laughs> uh, I was also pretty drunk and high at the time. Just weed though, nothing harder. I've been able to get through much worse without any issues. Oh. Uh, and in the beginning, it was great. The foreplay was great. But I never actually had sex with a condom on before this. <laughs> so when the time came when I had to put it on, it, it totally ruined the moment for me. Yeah. I really struggled to stay hard. Yeah. And shortly after, I had to give up, and I just couldn't get hard again. Yeah. Uh, and I really feel bad about it, because women have to go through so much more than us to avoid pregnancy, like having an implant and all that shit. Um, and all we have to do is just stick a bit of latex over our dicks, uh, but I can't even handle that, apparently. Um, I was just wondering if you had any good advice on how to get past this psychological block I have. Uh, I've looked on the internet, but I don't really trust what I see, and I'd much rather hear the opinion of a professional. Keep right, my mind tight. Mm -hmm. You better come up with me. Aye, aye, aye. How great is Tom? 
right? How great is he? Love this guy. I love this guy. He is a guy I would like to go hang out with, have a beer with. Yeah, and I can um, hear the pain in his voice too. Yeah, yeah, he's concerned about other people and take you out women. Good for him. Right. Um, so he wants to a, get hard for others, not for him. That's right. There's a, that's exactly right. There's a lot to say here. So first of all, he reminded me of something else I did not point out. The guy earlier, back when I was reading emails, the guys with the painful testes and the trouble, mm -hmm. that can be obviated by wearing a condom. Now, of course, that's uncomfortable if it's from oral sex. People don't typically wear a condom with that, though you, you could. Um, but if you're getting irritation from intercourse, you can wear a condom that will reduce that. Uh, the fact that he was on weed and alcohol did not help him, of course. That works against or, uh, all the arousal functions and, and direction. Um, now, in terms of, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to tell him? Uh, shoot. Well, the, in terms of losing the erection, putting the condom on, okay? That is a very condom thing. Oh, I know what I was going to say, which is that, hey, ladies, listen to him very carefully. How many times have I said that men that have trouble performing more often than not, by a large margin, it's because he's too into it. He's too into the situation. Tom... Tom framed this thing as telling us this girl he was with was way above his league. He was way into it. And still look what happened. And it probably contributed to what happened. So the fact that he was, when, when men are really excited about being with somebody, we get nervous. Anybody? Yeah. Booth? Yeah. Huh? So if they have trouble ejaculating, if they ejaculate too fast, if they lose their erection, and women always go, you're not attracted to me. It's something to do with me. What did I do? It is not about you. They're too into it, too excited. Please understand that almost always is the way it goes. Almost always. So yeah. put that away. Then, now, in terms of him and the condom, uh, I've heard this problem many times over the years and uh, all the way back in the Corolla years, back in the 90s. And what we used to tell guys to do was to practice. In other words, masturbate with a condom on. Get used to the feel of it. Get good at putting a condom on. For God's sakes, you practice. Think about all the other things you practice and do and waste time doing in the world. Whenever you're going to masturbate or whenever you... I just go put a condom on. Get an erection, put a condom on. Do Get used to it. Get good at it so you can do it quickly where it doesn't interrupt the flow of what you're doing with your partner. And get used to the feeling of having the condom on. And with time, you won't even notice it. How about that? Do you like that? I love that, dude. Because yeah. the I, I was going to say, like, like, a lot of people think they're like, well, look, this is how I've been coming all my life. Right. And I can't change the way I come now. Oh, no, you can't. No, 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 exactly. So it's like, imagine what hand you masturbate with. Break that hand. Yeah. You'll learn how to masturbate with the other one. That's right. It's, That's right. It, ask, it's, ask Tom Segura. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or even Burke Kreischer. I'm sure he's, he's got some experience now. Uh, okay. Give me the link on lady. Okay, I'll okay. pull up a lady for you. Okay, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Hey, you big titted animal in the booth, boys. Wow. My question is about my fiance's phimosis surgery. So mm. he ended up getting 30 stitches, and it seems like since the surgery, his dick is a lot bigger. Ooh. Is it because it expanded after the skin was removed, or was it the steroid cream we used? Mm. Anyway, keep it high and tight. Thank you. Young Maybe Doctor Winter got in there. Huh? She did right. She didn't give us. Uh, she didn't give us her name. Uh, I don't think anyone has actually called me a big titted animal before. So thank you for that. Yeah, congratulations, yeah, Yasher Koach. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so how could a phimosis repair make the penis bigger? I think it may be that that the tip was so restricted for so long that you didn't you know you didn't notice what it was doing. Remember that phimosis surgery uh, thing I showed you? Yeah. And how it's like having a big 
sheath over it and it's constricting. And, uh, and of course, when you, there it is, that's it. Thank you. And you can see how it's sort of constricting it down, particularly towards the tip. Now, the other thing is when you put all those, you said there are 30 sutures in this, um, there can be scarring or in that, God, that scarring so can be enlarged a little bit. that's so many stitches to put on a dick though. They're tiny, tiny, tiny. We got to get Dr. Winter in here and talk about it. Did you see her Instagram or her Twitter? She, she's fun. She's good. Uh, one more. Give me another voice. I'm not quite done yet. I want another voice message. Doesn't sure. have to be a girl. Just, okay. just, she just helps clear the palate. Let's do. Ooh, see, I gotta find a good one. Yeah, I know. Uh, Don't freak me out. It's got to kind of clean my palate. Right. I'm trying to find one. If, if it get, if it sets me back, we'll have to do a few more for <laughs> me to recover. Yeah, yeah. We'll just keep going until we find a good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see one that's fun. One that's fun. Sure. Let's do this one. All right. Hey, Doctor Drew. My name is Nathan, and um, my friends tell me I pee really fast, and I don't understand. I don't feel like I put a lot of pressure when I pee, but it does come out kind of fast. And after I pee, I feel like I still have a little bit left, and it kind of hurts. It's like a burning sensation, hmm. and I'll feel like I have to pee again, but then I'll go to pee, and not much will come out or nothing at all. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, can you just? Let me know what you think is going on. Like what's Thank cracking you. him up. Yeah. So <laughs> I think this guy's friends suck. <laughs> so, yeah, Nathan, here's the deal. Um, at your age, peeing fast, neither here nor there. Uh, the irritation at the end is a little concerning. Maybe you ought to pee more frequently and not hold your urine in so long. Uh, don't push if you are pushing because that can irritate the prostate a little bit. The the kind of pee, her pain at the end is either your urethra or your prostate and kind of nothing. It's, you know, just make sure you kind of Maybe don't work so hard to evacuate everything. Just let it let it be. But you know who's the fastest peer on earth? And by the way, that was a good palate cleanser. Tell me, Drew. Andy Dick. That dude, he did he I think he did even when he was in here a long time he ago. He sure right? was. Yeah, and he was like, Oh, I gotta pee. Okay, I'm done. I mean, it's like he like I don't know how he gets in and out of the bathroom that quickly, let alone uh evacuates his bladder. I've given him shit about that over the years. And uh, there's something Yeah, maybe maybe he's not peeing. I, I know I know that's what I thought, but he insisted that he was. And he, he he said he's always had urological problems, like his mom was taken to a urologist when he was five years old and stuff. And right. I, I, I don't know. I One don't thing's know. for sure, it's trauma, right? I'm not sure I want to know. Yeah, it's something something significant. What's old Andy been up to? Maybe we should get a hold of him too. All right. Thank you everybody for being a part of this. 818-253-1693. Uh and keep them coming. They're all great. And Dr. Updark gmail.com. And again, the uh, merch, ymh.studio store. Store.ymhstudios.com. Store.ymhstudios.com. A lot of good new stuff. Check it out. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician, medical advice, or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician.